Hello and welcome to the Mission City Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, our campus pastors, Dave and Chuck, discuss the nature of asking questions about our faith. I found this episode to be incredibly insightful, and I hope you do too. So let's go ahead and hand it over to Dave and Chuck. Hey, good morning, Dave. What do you say, Chuck? Hey, I'm having a great day. Man, it's humid outside today. I know. felt like I was back in H-Town, no Houston, Texas. I bet you're having a hard, it's a tough hair day for you. This is. Yeah. You know, I've uh, been thinking about getting a perm or something. Yeah, do I think? don't think it would have stuck today. But you know what I was thinking about doing? What? Is I saw Top Gun this week. Oh, man. The, the sequel. And Myself. I was thinking about going back to the Val Kilmer, Iceman, 80s. Spiky do. What do you what do you think? I think you'd that? have to visit the hair club for me. I think so too. Uh yeah, well, what'd you think of that movie? I you know, I actually would rate that I hate hate using this as kind of cliche. Top five, maybe top five movies of all time. Wow. Right. Top five of all time. I mean, really you think about it. I mean, no there's no CGI. I mean it was all live shot. I, I gotta ask, what's CGI? That computer generated imagery. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's that. Uh, See, I'm a westerns fan from the old. Yeah, days. Yeah, there's no CGI and too no. much CGI in western films, right? Yeah, no, I thought it was awesome. Oh, uh, I enjoyed I, it too. There was a part of me though that felt really old. Well, I mean, it just made, made me feel. I mean, I know that I am, but what, I gotta go to the movies. I don't want to feel old. What grade were you in when that when Top Gun the original I was in high came school. out? Okay, well, what grade? Probably what was it? Eighty six. Yeah, I was a junior. I was a sophomore. So you're 52-ish. Uh, I was born in 68. So, so I was born in 68. So, yeah, 53. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great year. But I was the family funky, so. Yeah, well. I was a great behind. He was, <laughs> well, that happens. That happens. It, it does. Yeah. No, I love Top Gun. I thought it was a really good show. I thought it was uh, super clean for the most part. I think it only had like one, one word in it that was sort of. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. it. Tough, really but did. no, it was a great movie. Highly recommend if you have not seen Top Gun Maverick. I think it's one that you definitely want to go see. Right? Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. But uh, so today, like that smooth transition. Yeah, absolutely. As we go into talking about today, we're in a we're starting our series. Pastor Matt's going to lead us through on uh, where to next and road trip. Yeah, he's taking us on a road trip. And you and I have been on road trips with with Pastor Matt. I've been on. Probably more than I have. I've probably been on right. at least 100 road trips over the last 20-something years of knowing Matt. One thing about going on a road trip with Pastor Matt is you don't get to choose where you're, you're going to stop <laughs> and eat, when you stop and eat, anything. He is... We got to experience that a little bit, didn't we, when we went to Boxwoods one time. I think we did chicken oil. That's and right. We stopped somewhere those in, little mini in Aggie Land. In and, those mini and, burgers. And, uh, he bragged about some hamburger that was about the size of a quarter. Yeah, um, it was... I had good. to eat again before we got home. It was tasty, but, you know, yeah. I needed a little more. Yeah. But uh, anyway, in this series, Pastor Matt's letting people email questions, and some of the questions, as we're looking at them, pertain to sort of the apologetic side of, of our faith or proving things. Right. And so I know that we're going to sort of talk about that in a way today, and I want to begin always with, with the Word of God. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But in your hearts, honor Christ, uh, in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, 
yet do it with gentleness and respect. And so as I'm reading those verses, Chuck, you know, and, and I'm thinking about that defense, I think it always has to begin with our testimony of a transformed life. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I can clearly un- relate to that because, number one, I'm not a great apologist, if you were. Didn't go to seminary. I went to the school of hard knocks, essentially, public education for 29 years. And so apology- apologetics would not be my strong suit. But I would say that most of my faith has been informed by relationships and a personal experience that I've had with God, not in intellectually knowing about God and being able to explain him or to demonstrate him in some way intellectually in, in, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, when I, when I gave my life to Christ, I was broken. Right. In such a way that only Jesus could fix me. And, and it wasn't through, you know, I didn't get clean and sober through a 12-step program, although those are, are vital to, to, and I'm not making light of that. No, and I think that I, I was I'm just thankful blessed. for those things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. I know, you know, those are some, I have some great friends, and, and that's how their lives were, right. you know, really changed. Mine was when I encountered Jesus Christ, for me, he just took away the craving for those things. And it wasn't because somebody... Um, showed me the Dead Sea Scrolls <laughs> or um, showed me the nail-scarred hands, as, as Thomas asked for, you know. Uh, it was because I was in such need and I was broken in such a way that only Jesus could fix. And when I think about the way to, to, to really demonstrate our faith, it's not by how much you know, it's by how much you care and how much you, you love others. Like you said, it's all about the relationships we build and demonstrating that love. Because that's what Jesus said. He didn't say they will know you by how much you know or they will know you by how, how many degrees are on the wall. He right. said they will know you by the manner in which you love. Yes, absolutely. The fruit that you display through your relationship with Christ, that is, that is the most demonstrable way. Uh, of living a transformed life or sharing a transformed life or even affecting people. Uh, I've never seen anybody won over intellectually. Maybe Josh McDowell. I mean, he's the one that wrote, you know, uh, uh, evidence that demands a verdict. And yeah. I think he started off as, as someone who did not believe in God and through his own yeah. intellectual research discovered, hey, this is, this is true. And it, but it, it had a transforming effect on his heart. But to intellectually know God, to understand who he is, to have an experiential faith and an intellectual faith this is certainly not enough. We have to have a saving faith that leads to a transformed life. Yeah, and, you know, and, and it takes me, when I'm thinking about faith, and I go to Hebrews, and I go to Hebrews chapter 11, and it begins by defining faith, faith right. being the assurance of things, things right. you know. And then when you read on, though, you see faith's demonstration. You see a definition, and then you, when you get to Hebrews eleven six, it says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." And so then it begins to talk about how by faith Noah demonstrated, right? By faith Moses demonstrated. By faith Rahab demonstrated. It was because God said it; therefore, I did it. Right. And I love what it talks about in James. It talks about if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God. You should seek God, but he goes a little bit further. He says, but we, we must ask believing, not doubting. we got to trust God, and that's the faith that we have to have. Even if when we lack wisdom, I think it's okay to have some questions. 
I think it's certainly okay to, to not fully understand where God is coming from and what he is doing in our lives or in the lives of others. I mean, I think when you think about the Uvalde, we, we talked about Uvalde last week on the podcast, not understanding why evil is allowed to exist in the world. I think that's a question that I would honestly say that all of us have. Sure. And I think that this side of heaven, we may not ever fully get it, except that we understand that we are broken people in a broken world. And so because of that, it's not God necess- God's not doing it. Sure. It's it, sin. But sin. It, absolutely. We chose sin. And, and so we will we all, have any of that. Right. Yeah. So we'll always have questions. But I think what's key in, in James talking about is we, we have faith and we ask believing, not doubting who God is right. and what he's done because the evidence of what God's done is seen in through, through transformation and transformed lives. Yeah, well, and you, and you read through the Psalms. You know, David was a man after God's own heart, yet David constantly said, okay, God, I don't sense your presence. I don't know why, but he always comes back around. And sometimes right. when you read that in the Psalm, you almost think that David came around in, in a matter of seconds or a matter of minutes. Right. But there are times when when we know that David actually took a lot more time uh, for God to really penetrate in his heart right. or to be reminded of all the faithfulness right. that God had demonstrated in David's life from the time that he was was watching the sheep and, and was attacked by lions or right. tigers and bears, oh my, you know. Right. But, and then he was able to stand up to the giant. You know, that was God placing him in those places in order to demonstrate Right. You know, that faith. And I go back to, you know, I read Evidence Demands a Verdict when I, when I first became a believer. And, and, and the Bible's certainly unique. I mean, that's one of the things it talks about, right. how we got the Bible written by more than 40 authors right. on three continents and three languages over a 1,500-year span, written by shepherds and then generals and fishermen right. and, and, you know, doctors and all kinds of stuff, all having this uniqueness and one common theme of, of pointing to Jesus Christ. Right. And I think that's what makes it reliable. Because it wasn't a bunch of guys sitting in a room, sure. right, together collaborating. This is, this is bringing in sources from, from different time periods who all had this same experience that God spoke into their lives and revealed truth to right. them. At uh, different times. At you know, different and times, in different places. Sometimes they wrote at times of peace. Sometimes they wrote at times right. of war. Sometimes they wrote at times in top of the valley when, when everything seemed to be going right. And no. sometimes they wrote from a cave, yeah. you know, whenever there's just this brokenness. But right. I remember early on in my faith thinking that I needed to memorize those things like Evidence Demands a Verdict and F.F. Yeah. F. Bruce and some of those great apologies. Right. And I'm not, again, I'm not taking anything away from them, but I had this experience with a student one time where um, I was trying to use the uniqueness of the Bible and, and truth and all these things, and she looked at me and she said, even though they found Noah's Ark or whatever it is, that doesn't mean that God told them to do it. And it dawned on me, it doesn't matter how much you press, what Romans 1 talks about. Even though all these things are out there, when you looked at, look at uh, when, when our wives were pregnant, we got to see the, the, the sonogram, and you think how amazing God is, how he knitted all that together. You, you go out in the middle of the night, and you look at the stars if, you, if you're outside the city, right. and you see how incredible all of that is. Uh, You'd have to get way outside the city. Yeah, to you see do. The stars. I mean, I lived in a little town. I pastored in a little town in northeast Texas, and sometimes the the our, 
oftentimes, almost every day, the electricity would go off. Right. And it, you couldn't huh. see your hand in front of your face at night. It was, it was out in the middle Did of the country. Did you say Arkansas? And uh, No, this was northeast oh, thought, Texas. Oh, I was thinking Arkansas. No, we're not going to talk about Arkansas. Yeah. This was northeast Texas, but I would walk outside and I would look up and I would go, man, how amazing that is. But there are some people that try and explain God away even in those yeah. things. But the way that I think what you talked about early was the way we show them the faith is not by digging up the ark, because I wasn't at the empty tomb. But as a result of the empty tomb, my life is drastically different. Right. So when, you're, when you do have your questions, because I know we all have them, what is sort of your, I mean, I, I know about what my process is, and, and I'm, I'm happy to share that because I think that's important, um, and it's, it, honestly, it's, it's kind of my go-to for a lot of things when I have questions, when I have doubts, when I have uh, temptations, it's kind of, I kind of run to Philippians 4.8. Um, how about you? What, when you have those questions, practically, what is your, what is your response? How do, you, how do you deal with those questions of faith? You know, if, if we're informing our audience today, Dave Cash's way of dealing with the questions that creep up in your, in your, in your yeah, heart. Well, you know, for me, there's never been a time that I question existence or <laughs> the resurrection. It's not those things. The things that I have questioned is, um, for instance, there was a time that I had a difficult time at a church and... Mm-hmm. I took. I had to take a few months off, mm-hmm. um, and you know, took a sabbatical for a few months. What I questioned in that time was why, mm-hmm. and then I questioned in that time maybe God's done with me in the ministry, mm. in a vocational standpoint. I didn't mean that God was done with me, and and I was off and, and about to die right. because when God's, you know, after, and David, after he served the purpose of God in his generation, mm-hmm. fell asleep. You know, right. Acts teaches us that. Right. But for me, it was like, okay, Lord, are you done with me? And, and I got to a place to where I finally had to say, you know what, if you are done with me vocationally in the ministry, I'm okay with that. I just need to know what's next. Will you please show me what's next? It took a total surrender on my part. And I remember I, I was going key. to a church and I walked to the aisle on a Sunday morning, and that morning my wife and my son was sick, and only me and my daughter went to church that morning, and she was back in the children's mm-hmm. ministry. And I went forward at the response time, and the pastor knew me, and he knew I just wanted to pray at the altar, so he just left me alone. He's like, you good? I was like, yeah, I just <laughs> need to be alone with God. Yeah. And I remember the song that was playing and everything, and I said in that moment, I surrendered again in that moment and said, okay, if you are done with me, vocationally, fine. I'll go sell insurance again. I'll go market insurance again. Right. I'll go coach. Whatever you want me to do. You want to do. But it took that moment of total surrender. And literally within 48 hours, I had a text with a job offer. Right. And it was amazing because it was the only job offer I got in that six-month period. That's what was, that was what yeah. was difficult. Even though my prayer was, God, make it real specific where you want me. He answered my prayer. Yeah. It's just... I guess I wasn't surrendered enough to really hear God speaking to me until that moment. Would you say that that's, that's kind of like what it talks about in First Thessalonians, to, to test everything that is good? Yeah, I think so. I think it was, well, I think it was just being, my identity is not yes. being a pastor. Right. My identity is being a follower of Jesus Christ, yeah. first and foremost. Then I am a husband and a father yeah. 
and a pastor, right, and, and, we you know, exist, in those orders. We exist to glorify God. Yeah. Whatever it is we do. Wherever he takes us. Right. If you're a baseball coach, you're to make much of Jesus right. out on the baseball field. If you are a teacher, my, which are, you know, my wife is a teacher, for her it's to make much of Jesus and to demonstrate the love of Jesus to children that maybe don't walk in the door to, to church every week. It's making much of Jesus where you are. It doesn't matter your vocation, but it took that surrender in my life the Lord had to remove sort of what I thought my identity was and remind me, you know, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. Right. It's no longer I live, but it's Christ that lives in me and the life I now live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Right. You know, I, I, I oftentimes feel those questions exactly like you were talking about. Where, like, what are you doing, God? I know that when I knew I was going to retire from coaching and teaching and, and knowing that, that God was doing something – took away a lot of love for winning and, 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 and my disgust for losing. You know, as a coach, I, I hated losing more than I loved winning, yeah. right? And when you win a big ball game and it's like, yeah, okay, and then you lose yeah. a big ball game and you weren't bothered by it, you begin to go like, God, what are you, what are you, yeah. what are you doing here? You know, and, and I didn't understand, right? And I think having some, some people in my life, that's about the time that, that – God brought me to Mission City. Uh, was in a dry season. God brought me to Mission City. Got involved in a life group. Got involved in discipleship group, and really began to dive into God's Word more. The answers became clear. Right? Yeah. Uh, that that God was removing something so I, I could hear a calling. Right? I could feel a, or have a sense of what God wanted to uh, to do in my life. Philippians 4.8, I, I just referenced it, came, kind of became very important then. And it, and it says, and I'll read it, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And it changed the way that I questioned what God was doing in my life. It be, I began to see things from a, a higher or a, maybe even a heavenly perspective that God was using this, this taking away, this removing of something, yeah. right? And so I don't think it was wrong to question. I think it was right to put it in the right perspective, yeah. that God was doing something. And, and the more that I thought on the, the, the things that God was doing, the less confused I was about what God was doing. Does that yeah. make sense? Absolutely. Well, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head because whether it's David in the Psalms questioning, whether right. it's Chuck in, in baseball in the middle of baseball season or whether it's Dave in the middle of a dry right. place where, where he's at, I, I think the main thing is it's not, it's not about questioning. It's about where we go to for the answers. And, you know, in those, in those times of thinking about – Instead of, you know, I, I was thinking about Peter when he walks out on the water, you know, in, in Matthew, when he steps over the, you know, throws his legs over the side, but he takes a, a few steps right. and then he takes his eyes off the Lord for a minute and he begins to, to, to drown. What kind of questions did he have? You know, yeah, but look who he reached out to first. I mean, he's closer right. to his brothers on the boat. They've got nets and all kinds of stuff on the boat. He doesn't There's say, John, line. save me, or, right. or, you know, Thomas, throw me something. You know, he says, Lord, save me. 
because he is right. at a, such a place or he got himself in such a pickle with the, with the storm and everything else that the only place he could reach out is Jesus. And so I think what you talked about is right. When you begin to question, and, 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 and Philippians 4.8 talks about that, focus on the things of God mm-hmm. and run to him first. Right. You know, it's great to have an accountability partner, right. being a D group, being a life group. All those things are important, and you want to bounce those things off those guys. Right. But when I go to you know the Christian bookstore, I don't just buy a book on life. I I want to buy the book that is on life. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, it's some of those books are helpful, but not as helpful as this one. And I think where you've got to go to first when you start to question, if you're going to question, you have to go to him. And and like you said, if you don't remove the things, he will remove them. Trust me, I saw that in a time when I was like, what am I going to do now? You know yeah. that was my, that was my, I was like so I've put everything into this this life of 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 being a a minister or being a pastor that wasn't the right question the right. the right question is where to now God right in wherever you might take me I will make much of you right and so I know Pastor Matt's going to address a lot of questions over the next few weeks over the summer and so what I, I guess what I would I think Dave and I would both say to you is one it's okay it's okay to have some questions it's okay to have even some doubts about some different things of god um but the where's the first place you're going are you spending time you know ask yourself am i spending good time quality time in his word am i spending time in a conversation i love the con the idea of a conversation because i've never had a conversations where questions weren't asked Right, and so if we're having a conversation with God, there are questions that we're asking, yeah. like God, I I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you. So, yeah. one, are we spending time in prayer? Are we spending time in God's Word? How is our fellowship with other fellow believers? Are we are we going to people that we know and trust, and are we around people that um, that can really f- uh, feed into our life, speak into our life, yeah. truth? Uh, through God's word, are we are, are they spending time in God's word? So I think a practical answer is where we go with our questions. Yeah. Well, and we mentioned we started talking about Top Gun at the at the top of the this podcast. That's a feel good movie. Absolutely. You know, you leave and you feel really good about it. But it lasted about the car ride home. You know, I'm not going to the Top Gun Academy. You know, in in becoming a pilot and, and going to go yeah. off and do that thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, didn't, it doesn't sustain. It's right. a feel-good movie. It's a great distraction for right. a moment. Clearly. But if, if those are the things that I'm doing to try and fill the void inside me, I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about his, his, his lineage, and everything becomes rubbish compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ. And so I would really strongly suggest that when we start to have, just like you said, that we surrender— Okay, Lord, I just want to hear from you. Right. But be ready when you surrender to let go of some things. Right. Be ready to to let go of whatever that is that you were so holding on to. Mm -hmm. And and be prepared for God to speak to you through the power of his Holy Spirit and through his written word. And inevitably, too, God does put those people in your right. life to help speak truth. That's why you got to surround yourself with others that are doing what Philippians 4.8 talks about. Right. Right. So I think we kind of hit on all those things. Are we spending time in God's Word? Are we spending time in conversation with God? Are we in community yeah. 
with a group of believers, right? And, and I think those are, are key. So, Dave, man, it's been a great, great time. Yeah, absolutely. It's working, always fun Working through God's Word with you, yeah, wrestling, I, I guess, if you will, with God's Word. So, until next week, look yeah. forward to hearing from you God bless y'all. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mission City Podcast. If you like this podcast, then there are a number of ways that you could help support us. You could hit the like button if you are watching this on YouTube. You can share this with a friend and you could leave a review of this podcast because it really does help push this out to more people and helps us reach more people for Christ. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to seeing you again next week.